This month, a new governor was sworn into office at the Arizona Capitol. Raise your right hand. I, Kathleen Marie Hobbs. I, Kathleen Marie Hobbs. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. That I will support the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution and laws of the state of Arizona. And the Constitution. And no listeners, you didn't accidentally click on the gaggle, our politics podcast. I promise this is Value 101. Because no matter where you lie politically, a new governor is a changing of the guards of sorts for the state, this time especially. Governor Ducey was in office for nearly a decade, serving both of his allowed two terms back to back. So what does that entail? There will be changes in policy and politics, of course, but transitioning power in this first month is a lot more than policy. Welcome to Valley 101, an Arizona Republic podcast about Metro Phoenix and beyond. I'm producer Amanda Luberto, and today I'm joined by two political experts to discuss just what happens when there is a new governor. To get started, I talked with someone who knows a lot about the governor's office. So I am a state politics reporter. That's what my business card says day to day in practice. That means I cover the governor's office. We interpret that to mean whenever the governor is out in public, I am supposed to be with the governor. Um, I also hold that office accountable, make sure that our new governor, Katie Hobbs, is fulfilling the pledges that she made to get elected last year. That is Stacey Barchinger, a reporter here at the Arizona Republic. Fans of our politics show, The Gaggle, are very familiar with Stacey and her work. So I came to the Republic in August of 2021. So I closed out Governor Ducey's time in office and then now I'm getting started with the Hobbs administration. There are obvious differences in the two administrations. First of all, Governor Ducey is a Republican and Governor Hobbs is a Democrat. This will be the most prominent change that will affect Arizonans day to day the policies that are their priorities and where they are going to invest their capital to get things done is going to be totally different. You have Doug Ducey, fiscal conservative, would often talk about how he signed every abortion restriction bill that landed on his desk, giving way to Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs, who, when she was in the legislature, opposed all of those abortion restrictions said many times along the campaign trail that there that lawmakers should not even send her bills to restrict abortion access. There's no way. She's not going to she's not going to sign them. Those are clear vetoes for her. But there are a lot of behind the scenes changes that need to happen. Heads of state agencies and other leadership positions are being turned over. Her senior staff is almost entirely new. This is pretty common though, especially when the head office is switching political parties. A senior staff is like the local version of a presidential cabinet. These are the people that are in her office advising her. They're talking out policy. These people have all changed. She's picked her allies and a lot of people that she worked with in the Secretary of State's office to literally move up floors with her in the Capitol to the governor's office. When Stacey says literally, she means literally. The governor's office occupies the top two floors of the state capitol. These are floors eight and nine. 
Political junkies might know this because of the Twitter account from the Ducey administration called Ninth Floor AZ. Before being elected as governor, Katie Hobbs served as secretary of state. That office is on the seventh floor. So anyone who is moving with Governor Hobbs to her role as governor is literally moving up two floors with their belongings. In addition to her senior staff, she has the ability to hire, fire, or keep any members of the past administration. Many of those people will be heads of state departments and agencies that oversee things like environmental issues and benefits like food stamps, the corrections department, and other things. Stacy says that there are some people she is keeping from the previous administration, but Hobbs has made it clear that she wants to put her own people in most of those positions. These positions don't necessarily start the moment a new governor is in office either. I met with Arizona State University professor Dave Wells virtually to talk about the transition. He teaches American government and organizational leadership. More of those agency heads could change over the next six months or so, but a number of them have already been announced. So there are a lot of people who work in the agencies who won't change because they've been in the state government for quite a while, but the people in the top of the agencies will change and are changing. The reason that some of these agency heads can take a few months to switch over has more to do with their previous job than their new one. For instance, Angie Rogers was elected by Hobbs to take over the Department of Economic Security, a sector that handles unemployment benefits, welfare, among many other things. Currently, though, she is the president of the Arizona Food Bank Network. She will have to wrap up her job there before moving on to the next one in the governor's office. So the process of new leadership might take a while. Commonly, the people within these agencies won't move. They are state employees, and many have worked for the state for a long time. But they are getting a new boss elected by another new boss. How does that impact how people show up to work? How does that affect work culture? I asked Professor Wells to dive into his leadership class side to help me answer that. He said that in order to be a leader, you need people to follow your direction. Just because you're appointed authority doesn't mean you're a leader. It just gives you power. So how people use that power can impact their leadership. Some can come in and try to force a new way onto people. And then there are other leaders who are smarter about it and work collaboratively with the broader group that they have and try to you know, listen to them and try to understand where they're coming from. And they may have a direction they want to take the department that they're head of, but they are listening to the, the folks below them and their expertise and so forth and try to figure out a sort of a middle way or a way that sort of works for everybody. The process might be slower, but in the end, it's more efficient because it creates a team. Outside of the governorship itself and these heads of agencies, not much changes with the people around the Capitol. Here's Stacy again. When I am over at the Capitol, I see some familiar faces. One of the areas of continuity that I think is kind of fun is the governor gets a security detail, right? In Arizona, the Department of Public Safety has a specific unit of folks whose job is to protect the governor. And I like to think of them as like Secret Service, men in black kind of types, although they, of course, are men and women. Mm -hmm. And these are the people with the earpieces at the public events, you know, that make sure nothing is going to happen to the governor. Um, And some of those folks are the same. They've carried over from the Ducey administration. 
there's also a couple of folks in the communications office, which those are the people that I talk to a lot, that have been carried over. Many of the people that are staying are in positions that are non-political. If they're not dealing with policy directly, it doesn't really matter that the governor changed from a Republican to a Democrat. Some of the changes have nothing to do with people at all. The ambiance and energy of the governor's office is about to change. Hobbs is simply a different person than Ducey, so she'll most likely want a different feel to her office. Stacy broke it down for us. One of the things that I think is the most interesting, and I'm going to set the scene here a little bit, assuming probably most people have never been to the state capitol. Fun fact, there's actually a great free museum there. But so the state capitol is this complex of buildings about two miles west of downtown. And the governor works out of this hulking concrete building that is nine stories tall. It looks like a brick turned on its side. You've probably seen it if you're on I-10 driving by downtown. So the governor has the eighth and ninth floors of that building. Those are the top two floors. And I've been in there a couple of times. It's very sort of regal and official feeling. The carpets are blue and gold. There's wood paneling on the walls, all these pictures of Arizona. If you were to take the elevator two floors down to the seventh floor, that's where Governor Hobbs has spent the last four years. She was the Secretary of State, so that's where her office has been. And so over the last two and a half months since she was elected governor, there has been this process to basically lift her and her people from the seventh floor up to the ninth floor, while also giving Governor Ducey time to get his football helmets, other trinkets, he's a big sports fan, um, get all of his trinkets out of the ninth floor. What that means in practice is a lot of furniture moving around, um, a lot of figuring out who wants what office. My understanding is every day, multiple times a day, somebody up there makes the reference to, you know, building a plane while you're flying it, trying to get all these pieces together. It's a lot like moving into a new house, right? Like when you're moving into a new home and you're still unboxing and you swear you left the pots and pans in the box marked kitchen, you just can't find it. There are a lot of little things like that happening in her office right now, too. Meanwhile, building a staff, executing all these policy pledges. Um, I heard the other day it took someone three days to find a hole punch, right? So they're trying to figure out what to do with border security and shipping containers at the border, and they can't find like a stapler. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of transition. Not to mention all of the changes the office has to make for public appearance. So this would be reshaping the state website. That has been sort of a minor change, taking Ducey's name off of everything and then putting Governor Hobbs' name on everything. Pretty quickly, you saw some of the branding on the governor's public-facing accounts change. Well, now governor. So, for example, on Twitter, we saw Secretary Hobbs go to Governor Hobbs. Same for Facebook. There was this switch. More behind the scenes, you know, they did rework the state letterhead. Governor Ducey had this very sort of executive feeling letterhead that was all caps, serif font, state seal in gold at the top. Governor Hobbs' letterhead has a much more modern design. It's got her name on it, a cutout of the state of Arizona, just a much different sort of feel in these official communications from the governor's office. One thing I wanted to know about is the decor. 
As Stacy mentioned, Ducey famously had lots of sports memorabilia, like the football helmets, adorning his office. The walls have beautiful photographs and paintings of Arizona landscapes on them. It's all very classic. But is that what Hobbs is interested in? I think that Governor Hobbs and her administration are having conversations about mixing that up. But again, you know, the first two weeks of her administration have been just a freshman rush. I mean, she had to come in and deliver the inauguration speech, deal with questions from pesky reporters like myself, deliver a state of the state, unveil a budget. So I think that work is really taking precedence for them right now, and then they get to sort of the more fun stuff. On the topic of art, I wanted to leave you with this last fun story that Stacy told me. Apparently, there have been some interesting trinkets left behind in the governor's office, and I, I guess they have access to a basement in that building, too, that the new administration has found. And so they found a couple of copies of Barry Goldwater's book, of course. I feel like that has to exist in the Arizona Capitol, right? But then also this other sort of interesting thing, which is this glass cactus statue. And I'm going to try and describe it as best I can. It's like little squares, like almost if you cut pats of butter and then stacked them sort of juxtaposed on top of themselves and somehow turned that into a saguaro cactus. And it was a gift in 1995 to then Governor Fife Symington. Unclear who it came from, but it says for excellence in service to the people of Arizona on this award. And so apparently this was found as Governor Hobbs was kind of getting a feel for the place. I hope it sticks around. It's kind of like a beautiful, albeit a little tacky, little glass cactus statue. There have been changes made already and some more to come from who is calling the shots for crucial departments to what paintings are hung on the walls. And of course, where the hole punch might be located. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Valley 101. We're so excited to kick off 2023 with stories of Arizona's people, places, traditions, and cultures that make it special. Is there something you've always been curious about in Phoenix or maybe in your part of the state? Send us your questions by visiting valley101.azcentral.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please share it with a friend. You can stay up to date on Valley 101 and all other Republic podcasts on Twitter at AZC Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at AZC Podcast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Amanda Luberto. That's L-U-B-E-R-T-O. This has been Valley 101. I'm producer Amanda Luberto. We'll see you next week. <laughs>